This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm W. Scott is one, and I have not seen the movie The Empire Strikes Back. Increasing his cultural IQ, one movie at a time. This is Cinemavention. Happy Star Wars Day, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we will be discussing the movie Star Wars Episode V, The Empire Strikes Back, which my guest has seen before. He is the host of the Ritual Misery podcast. I'm so excited to welcome back Kent Fallore back to the show. Kent, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks again for inviting me. These are always a blast. And this is one of my favorite movies, so I'm excited. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. All righty, folks. So, uh, yeah, episode five. And I, I got to tell you, Kat, this is like, this is probably like the, I would say this is probably one of the more requested movies um, that I've covered on this show all year or like for the entire podcast, right? I mean, Die Hard obviously was a mm-hmm. big one, right? But this one is like the Star Wars movie. Like this is the one everyone says is their favorite. You know, everyone mm. always raves about this movie. So, yeah, especially yeah, especially people my age, like old, old people love Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the kids that grew up with Jar Jar might have a different opinion. But uh, but yeah, Empire Strikes Back is is uh, it's, it's a it's a favorite. For yeah. Sure. Absolutely, man. And we're going to talk about it right now here. So let's go ahead and go over the stats of this movie. So Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, which I'll refer to just as Empire Strikes Back now. Uh, it's available to, for rent or purchase on DVD and Blu-ray in physical stores and on all major internet distributors. And I think you can probably guess that it was Disney Plus that it's available to stream on. Duh, right? <laughs> the Empire Strikes oh, yeah. Back was released by 20th Century Fox on May 21st, 1980. The movie was directed by Irvin Kirshner and stars Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Billy D. Williams, David Prowse, and Frank Oz. The movie had a budget of $30.5 million and has made $538 to $549 million in the theaters. Of course, that does account for uh, re-releases that have been released in theaters over the years as well. Uh, Kent, I am sure this was a wonderful experience when you saw this movie for the first time. Do you recall when you first saw it, though? This is the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. Oh, I must have been. Yeah, I must have been four or five. I was small. Um, I had not seen the first Star Wars movie because... Well, it came out the year I was born. Uh, we didn't have VCRs and all that stuff yet. Uh, it may have played on TV. Uh, I, I don't know, but I had never seen it. Uh, but I was very familiar with the franchise through toys, and it's just a a pop culture phenomenon. I mean, the Star Wars characters were on the Muppet Show. Uh, Star Wars by you know the the early '80s was absolutely everywhere so i was i was Mm -hmm. definitely familiar with the characters and the basic situation and i loved it i was absolutely in love with it and my parents took me to see the new movie you know empire strikes back and um 
Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'll just kind of leave it there. Um, okay. Well, th- so did you I, see I, this I, movie? You. Did you see A New Hope before you saw um, Empire Strikes Back? Or was Empire no. Strikes Back the first movie no. you saw? Em- yeah, Empire Strikes Back was the first movie I saw, first Star Wars mm. movie I saw. And then it was like several years later when my dad rented a VCR and rented like a stack of VHS tapes. And one of them was star Wars, mm-hmm. what we know as a new hope now. Um, and that was how I saw star Wars the first time, at, at like a couple of years after I had, had seen empire strikes back. I know I've noticed something too, interestingly, because, because uh, we'll talk about this in a moment. Of course, the movie has had so many re edits over the years, but what I, yes. what I noticed uh, what that was interesting this time around when we saw it this time around was that the titles of the movies, I think what Disney is trying to do with them is basically just call them by like their, you know, title. Like, cause I, on Disney plus right now, it's just called the empire strikes back on there. So there, it mm. doesn't mention that it's episode five or anything like that. Um, unless you look, but like I'm sure in the, in thumbnail. the yeah. Well, in the in the opening crawl, I'm sure it still oh, shows yeah. episode five. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and of course, the original one was just Star Wars because that was the first one, right? And so, by the time, yeah, well, it, in the first yeah. release, like when it first came out, it was just called Star Wars, and then it was on the the like first uh, theatrical re-release, like in 1978, that that George added episode four to the crawl. Oh, interesting. So yeah, so it wasn't like he he didn't change anything about the story then. It was just literally going back and referring to it as episode four instead. Okay, got it. Yeah, because he he was basing the idea of Star Wars, uh, at least in part, on Flash Gordon serials from like the, you know, like 19, what, 40s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And those were all episodic. And he wanted to kind of present that same style and maybe even like pay some homage to flash Gordon. And that's why he, he like, you know what this movie is, is like telling the middle part of a story. So, uh, and I want that to be the feel. I want the universe to be lived in and all this kind of stuff. There's, you know, that there's stories that came before this one, there's stories that are going to come after. Uh, so that's why he just threw episode four on there. Um, did he know for sure he was going to make episodes one through three? I don't think he did at the time that he did it originally, uh, but it just kind of developed from there. Yeah. Well, and, and there's interesting like sort of callbacks now where like I notice it because because as I mentioned before, I have I have actually seen some of the Star Wars movies because I, I think we talked about it on the last episode where I've seen like some of the Star Wars movies over the years just from, you know, just as like a passerby sort of viewing of it yeah i mean it's hard to exist in the 21st century and not like have seen any star Wars. yeah like at least something like if nothing else like a short youtube clip or something like i mean obviously of course everyone knows about the memes which we we actually will get into later on some of the memes from this movie that have sort of uh transcended the test of time so to speak um but there were a lot of re-edits of this movie uh, too. So in A New Hope has had a lot of things that were changed in this movie. But I did some research and I found out uh, all of the edits that have taken place in this movie as well. And of course, the Disney Plus version that we watched has a lot of these edits just by default in there as well. So the first mm. one that I noticed was the 1997 special edition 
the Wampa scene uh, ha- was adjusted slightly to it, basically, from what I understand, it was basically to show a little bit more of the Wampa, basically, because in the mm-hmm. first release of it, there's just like a short little like section dedicated to it, and that's it. You don't really see him a whole lot. Um, and yeah. then George Lucas added just a, a little bit more context around the character, I guess, basically. Yeah, he just wanted to show the monster more. Uh, in, in the original version, you just catch little glimpses of the Wampa creature. Right. And y- you don't really, you don't get any lingering shots. And I think that's because George didn't like the way it looked on film. So he wanted to present that, hey, here's a monster. It's a danger. Luke has to overcome this obstacle uh, without like, you know, lingering on it. So you're like, wow, that looks fake as hell and and not think about Luke being in danger. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, and also I thought it was interesting because because uh, Luke um, literally slices his arm off with the lightsaber. And it's interesting because yeah. at the end of the movie, Darth Vader does the same thing to Luke Skywalker, mm. which I thought was yeah. Sort of like an interesting thing. And I wonder if that was intentional because it seems to me that that's what it, that that's was intentional because it's like in the exact it's same funny. way, in the exact same like area, pretty much, you know? Yeah. It's funny that I, I hadn't really considered that before as like a, like kind of a, uh, a reflection or an echo of the Wampa scene. Like when Luke's hand gets cut off, I, yeah, I hadn't considered that. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So here's a big one that got edited in this movie. Emperor Palpatine has had two different yeah. actors play it. So um, the original mm-hmm. cut, uh, Marjorie Eaton uh, with uh, Clive Reville. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, Clive provided the voice and Marjorie was the uh, was the actor who actually was in costume as Emperor, Pal- Emperor mm-hmm. Palpatine. But in the 2004 mm-hmm. trilogy DVD set, uh, Marjorie was replaced entirely uh, by Ian McDermid, um, which I McDermid, get. Yeah. Yeah. Which here's the thing. It, it was basically to keep everything consistent across movies, I guess, was the reasoning yes. behind yes. it, which I guess sort of makes sense. Um, you know, if you're especially if you're like if you have the prequels and you have a different sort of like. I mean, at the same time, though, it's like you've definitely have seen like instances where like, you know, actors have like there have been different actors playing the same role in other movies. But I guess in this case, it was a situation where he wanted to keep it consistent so he could, I guess. Well, yes, I think that was his main motivation. But the secondary motivation is that the original I don't know if you've seen the original footage I have of not seen. It looks like straight trash. Like really? I even thought that like when I was a kid and we had the VHS tapes of the the trilogy, right? And I, I watched them hundreds, hundreds of times. Like I can't even count how many times I watched these movies. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, this is way before the prequels came out, right? Uh, Ian McDermott played the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. And like looking at the Emperor scene, it's just a short scene, right? It's just and it's a hologram. It's not even like him in person. Right. Um, but like it, it was so glaring to me, even as a kid, that not only is this a different actor, this like this is not doesn't even look like the same character, really. And it just looks like horse shit. Like it looks 
terrible. Really? So I encourage you at some point to go go look at the original cut and you'll be like, oh yeah, they did the they made the right decision replacing yeah. this footage. Well, and and it's interesting too because um because a lot of I mean, let's just call it what what it is. A lot of nerds would say that like, oh, why are you re-editing this? Like, what are you doing? Like, this is horrible, right? Like, yeah. W- what's your opinion well, on that? Well, sure, sure. No, no, no. This was this was a a, a a well needed adjustment. If you're going to make changes, um, definitely change this. The Got Wampa, it. sure, whatever. Who cares? Um, like in the first movie, right? We had. Uh, he made a lot of changes to like the landscape and Tatooine and mm-hmm. added just a bunch of CGI mess that yeah, a lot of which people did, didn't which care honestly for. didn't. Yeah. Made, when I, uh, cause going back when I remember when we mm-hmm. watched that movie, like, yeah, I remember remarking on that, that the CGI looked terrible. Um, like, sure, sure. Um, well, yeah. And then of course there's the, you know, the famous, you know, Greedo shooting first, Yep. Edit mm-hmm. and all that kind of crap. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that, that people are like, okay, that's a, that's a choice. Like that's an artistic choice. Why did you do that? Like that's, I disagree with it. This is not how I remember it. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying this version. You know, that makes sense. Um, the emperor scene being touched up. Like, I don't know anybody out there that is like, he shouldn't have changed that. Yeah, well, and uh, it's, and, and it's, it's insignificant to remind. Yeah, it's significant to remember too that not only did they change that up a little bit, but uh, but George Lucas added extra dialogue that um, I, and I forget yes. his name who does yes. the Darth Vader uh, uh, voice. I, I forget his name right now, but um, but that but he but ha- he had them come back and do like um and redo some or not even redo, but just like added dialogue. Giving more yeah. background to Luke Skywalker yeah. and the Skywalker. Uh, James Earl, yeah, James Earl Jones has come back uh, several times to do to well add dialogue or even uh, like in future movies. Uh, he you know he's come back and, and recorded Darth Vader dialogue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's something that he's done a lot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, speaking of voice changes, uh, once again uh, we got the 2004 DVD release again. Uh, where Boba Fett's voice uh, was originally voiced by mm. Jason Wingreen, but Boba Fett is voiced mm. by Tamaru Tamaru Morrison in Episode Two, and so naturally, Tamara, Tam- oh Tamara, okay. Well, t- well, okay. So let let me let, let me correct you a little bit. So okay. Tamara Morrison did not voice Boba Fett in Episode Two. Oh, okay. So Tamara Morrison was Boba Fett's father, Got Jango it. Fett, okay, in Episode Two, and then in future version because boba is a clone of his father oh so in future versions of boba fett uh at like boba fett as an adult is also played by tamara morrison right so it makes sense that that uh morrison would go back and i mean if you're gonna make all these changes like and you want to do you know consistency and continuity uh, yeah, this one, this change makes sense as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same argument for that one. Yeah, for sure. Now, this edit is actually an interesting one because this one didn't stick around. And I and I think I kind of agree with why it didn't stick around. So one of the things that George Lucas did in the 1997 special edition one is um, the famous scene, of course, when Luke falls um, falls off of the platform after the big reveal of Darth Vader being Luke's father. 
Uh, George Lucas actually makes Luke scream the entire time he falls in the 1997 special edition, which because it's such a long fall, like he would be screaming for quite a <laughs> long time. And so, and, mm. and and the article that I was uh, reading this on, like basically was like, yeah, that, that seemed kind of silly that, you know, he would be screaming for that long. Right. And so in the 2004 edit, they actually reverted it back to the original no scream version, which honestly is probably for the better, if I'm being honest, right? <laughs> yeah, there, there's some of the changes that are just kind of silly. Like, what, what, why, why, yeah. why, why'd you do that? But I just I thought that it was interesting <laughs> yeah. that they reverted this particular change. Um, side yeah. note, by the way, how does Luke survive a fall from that high up? I still don't understand that. Like, because he falls for such a long time. And like, yeah, but he but he slides. He goes on that like like it looks like a water slide after a while. Like it's you know the <laughs> sure. cushions his fall a little bit. Sure, yeah, because <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah, <laughs> but not only that, um, but his arm and hand it's are the force, Willie. Right? It's yeah, that's force. what I was gonna say. It's the force. Yeah, that's true. But not only that, <laughs> but his arm and his hand are miraculously recovered after being cut off by Darth Vader as well. Like they have this sort of like he's like in this lab and they're able to just regrow a hand for him. Right. Um, so, well, no. Well, let me let me clarify that. So, first of all, okay. the reason he didn't bleed out, the reason he didn't bleed out in uh, the, there's like a canon explanation for this because lightsaber cuts like usually don't have blood associated with them because when the blade is cutting it's like hot plasma basically so the the blade when it cuts through your skin it is cauterizing the wound as it's cutting okay so so there's that part and then at the end when he gets a new hand it's a robot hand it's not he, he wasn't okay. grown a hand well and, and it just, just it, i guess it just looks like, like a, one yeah like a yeah 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 it's like a, a skin graft basically over a robot hand. Interesting. Okay. Um. But well. But and and, and Luke gets patched up a lot of this one too. Like in the beginning, even <laughs> too. Like he's he's got he's getting patched up from being out. Like uh, I I, I guess it was because the uh the Wamba or basically yeah the like, Wampa yeah. yeah the Wampa like messed his ass up. Yeah, he got mauled. Yeah. By that Wampa, so yeah, he had to he had to go through a healing process. Yeah, for sure. Um, those are the major changes. And actually, uh, episode five is actually kind of the least um, changed uh, Star Wars, basically, from what I've yeah. gathered. But there are a few. Yeah, because it started out as a nearly perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there are a few minor ones. Uh, for example, when R2-D2 is spit up by the Swamp Monster, Luke originally says, you're lucky you don't taste very good. But in the 1997 edition, the line was changed to you were lucky to get out of there, which personally, I think the original line was a little better because it sounds more witty. Yeah. But but that's I, agree, I agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Nope. Um, I agree. Yeah. And Cloud City got a couple of visual changes. There is a lot of um, set design that was changed on that. And there's and there's a more recent change that I want to talk about um, that occurred when Disney Plus uh or when Disney got mm. uh, Lucasfilm and it got put on Disney plus for the first time. So, because before Disney acquired 21st century Fox, Disney was forced to take out the 20th century Fox logo and the fanfare, because of course it was, it was not their property. Right. 
And so it got replaced with a Lucasfilm logo, which if you watch it today, that's the same Lucasfilm logo that they use. It's just that before they, you know, they weren't allowed to use the 20th Century Fox fanfare anymore. But when 21st Century Fox was in Disney's possession, Disney actually added the 20th, 20th Century Fox logo back into it after the fact. Um, and But it also continued to have the Lucasfilm logo. like It was like basically inserted halfway through the fanfare. And so altogether, mm. there has been four edits of this movie. The original cut, <laughs> the 1997 one, the 2004 one, and then this more recent Disney one. Five, if you want to count when they add the 20th Century Fox logo <laughs> and fair, fanfare back in. If you want to count that one, then there's technically been five. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the most important changes is putting the fanfare back in there. Well, yeah. That's, that, that, dun, dun. Dun, dun, well, dun, and, and there's actually, dun, and there actually dun, is dun, 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 like the, that's iconic. Yeah. Well, and there actually is a logistical reasoning for that too, because George Lucas actually made the Star Wars theme, like the starting note for the Star Wars theme, the same as the Fox fanfare music. And so yeah. there's, I mean, it goes together in that still perfectly, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, there actually is a logistic reason to put it back in there. What if Disney didn't do it just because, although may, that they very well could have if they wanted to, but, but yeah, there was yeah, very I much think, an artistic I think once reason. they were, once, once they were legally authorized to put that fanfare back in, if they hadn't, I think like the star Wars fandom would have just, Oh, like, they would have Disney erupted. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as I mentioned, this movie is probably the most famous of the star Wars trilogy. Probably. Um, of course, uh, the, the famous Star Wars Imperial Siren, which, of course, uh, we all know this one. Um, so that uh, so that is, oh, yeah. that sound is in there. Uh, and of course, we use that one in game night. It was used on Night Attack for a while all the time. Of course, when yeah. you it's used when you say something a little risque. Um, <laughs> but that was first introduced in this movie. And correct me if I'm yep. wrong, Kent, but I believe the Imperial March song made its debut in this movie as well. Because I don't That's, remember yep. it in the in the first movie being there. That's right. Yeah, it, it definitely originated in this movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if you noticed. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you probably noticed this, but um, I noticed this that um, one of the times we go back to seeing Darth Vader, we very briefly see the back of his head at one point. I don't know if you noticed that. But um, but of course, we know from later movies, spoiler alert, uh, that Darth Vader is actually, um, you know, what Anakin Skywalker becomes essentially. And, you know, and I have seen that scene and I believe it's in episode three where his face gets burned before. So I once I figured out um, that that was from episode three. So I have determined that I have at least seen that Star Wars before, albeit a passerby (laughs) watch before. Um, right, right. But I, but I, but I, but it's interesting that that shot is there because at that time, even like the prequels didn't even exist. So that was an interesting sort of like shot to include in that, in this movie. Right. Yeah. So Kirshner, the director, Irvin Kirshner, uh, wanted to show that there was actually a human under the suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because up to this point, so Star Wars came out in 1977 and Empire Strikes Back came out in 1980. So you basically have three years of Star Wars existing before this movie came out, right? There wasn't a whole lot of talk about who the human in that outfit is. Uh, Darth Vader is just basically a, a, a 
a you know pardon the pun but a force for evil <laughs> like he's just yeah. a he's just an evil guy he's just a bad guy you don't really think of him as being a human well when they decided that, that they're going to put that twist at the end of empire with you know i am your father you know vader being revealed to be anakin skywalker you you kind of to basically uh ease people into the idea you got to kind of show that he's human and like it put that in people's head about an hour before you get the reveal because mm-hmm. if, like some people even thought that darth vader was a robot or an yeah. alien or, or just some other thing right and, and to be fair and if, like if, if you go from yeah yeah to be fair if you've only seen episode four i i don't blame you for mm-hmm. having that conclusion right yeah, because it, yeah, because there's no. I mean, he's just ambiguous. He's just evil. Yeah, he's just the it. evil guy that Luke Skywalker has to take on. Yeah, you don't realize that there's a whole backstory involved in that, uh, in in Darth yeah. Vader's story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I think that's why I think that's why Kirshner decided to put that in there, which mm-hmm. is to kind of give that you know, oh, okay, there's, I guess, a person under there. Yeah, but and but it all, but also even in the short like back of his head shot that you can see, it's like you could tell that something massively, you know, like something something happened to him, right? Like he like oh yeah, that is not oh, like absolutely. a standard like yeah, something something went terribly wrong here, and and that's probably why he's in the suit. I mean, you would naturally yeah. you know come to that conclusion. I would yeah. I would think if you yep. saw that right, so. So speaking of Darth Vader, the um the two famous lines that everyone quotes um are are in this movie, I think. There's one other Darth Vader thing that's kind of like a meme that's in a later movie, but these two um these two lines from Darth Vader are probably the most recognizable here. Take the princess and the Wookiee to my ship. You said they'd be left in the city under my supervision. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. So there's that one. And then this one, of course, we just talked about it earlier. The most famous one, of course. If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. so that uh so those two lines are probably like the most uh you know quoted lines of this movie i think and and ken it's it's a shame a little bit because i did unfortunately already know this information going into watching this movie like even before i watched a new hope i knew that uh of course darth vader is luke's father of course so i think it's hard right because even though this is kind of my first watch it did kind of tamper the uh the sort of big reveal at the end uh but i have to imagine when you saw it first in theaters i'm sure like that had quite like that that was like a big moment when you were watching this for the first time i can imagine right yeah so remember what i said in the beginning i was like four or five years old when i saw this the first time okay Um, yeah i instantly knew that darth vader was a liar because he's a bad guy, and there's mm-hmm. no way that my hero Luke Skywalker has a bad guy as a father, and bad guys are liars. 
Therefore, Darth Vader is a liar. <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's the conclusion that I drew. Except he when wasn't. I was a, when I was a child. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it, it wasn't until Return of the Jedi that I accepted that that he actually was Anakin Skywalker. Um, but yeah, that line delivery has an impact. And the John Williams music, the musical cue that plays immediately after he says that, uh draws on emotions like i i've heard that line a million times and i like i said i've seen this movie hundreds of times right so it's not a surprise at all but i literally got a chill down my spine when you played that clip Mm -hmm. Uh, it just has this like power to it it's it's incredible yeah well and and it yeah and it's crazy too because like I don't know, like, it's hard for me because I think, like, and we'll get into this when I talk about my review, but I think the fact that that line in particular has just been, like, always been there, like, I've always known, like, even if you haven't seen any Star Wars movies, you are at least tangentially aware of this. uh, (laughs) Well, it's like Vader says, it's like Vader says, search your feelings, you know it's true. (laughs) Right, exactly, yeah, and and so... (laughs) But but it's but it sucks too because it's like when I'm watching that film and I know that it's coming, like th- that you can definitely tell that this movie builds up to that you know big moment yeah. or to that big reveal. Yeah, and it sucks that I already know that I already knew it going into it, and so it didn't have as much of a powerful impact as it did if I yeah, would have known bet, that information. Like, but even though you were no you knew that and you could kind of feel the the anticipation building. Uh, was, was the reveal still like a fun, like, Oh, there it is. Yeah, like, no, it definitely was for sure. Yeah. Well, because also I went, I didn't know exactly where it was in the movie too. So like, so okay. from that yeah. standpoint, yeah, for sure. But it, it would have been more fun. I think for me, had I not known any of this information going forward, but or, or going into the movie, but honestly, like mm-hmm. it, it would be very difficult for me to not know this information uh, after just, yeah, for just sure. being, ex- yeah. just existing in this world, you know? Yeah, exactly. You'd have to be in a cave or something to not know that Darth Vader's Luke's father. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but it absolutely is the most pinnacle moment. I think of the entire star Wars franchise, really, I think, because like, I don't think anything else tops it as like being no, more and, and very, yeah. And, and very few things in cinema could even be argued yeah. to have more impact than that. Yeah, true. Yeah. That's a very, very good point. So uh, one final thing, too, is that this movie is also the very first time we are introduced to the Boba Fett character, which if correct me um, if I'm wrong on this, because actually, because the oh, mm-hmm. yeah, what's up? Well, I was going to say this is actually not the first introduction to Boba oh, Fett. Oh, really? OK, um, there was a ni- 1978 holiday special Star Wars. Oh, holiday special. right. Are you familiar with this? I, I'm familiar with this. Well, in fact, we actually watched it on Movie Party, so that should give you an indication of how the of the quality. Of yeah. It. <laughs> so, so yeah. So you know, yeah. So you know that the Star Wars Holiday Special, by and large, is a giant pile of trash. Yeah. It is horrific to watch. Uh, I don't know how it played in 1978 because I was too young. Because it <laughs> it played on TV one time. And one time, and one only. time only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was too young to have seen it. It wasn't until many, many, many years later that um, I watched a uh, 
a digital version of a of a 1978 VHS rip. Yeah. Um, I think that's so, real, I think well, that's anyway. literally the only way you can watch it even because I don't even think they yeah, have it yeah. available anywhere else. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um but what is available on Disney Plus even is the animated portion which is the actual introduction to Boba Fett. Oh. Uh, the, yeah, so the the cartoon that played during the holiday special in 1978 uh was kind of corny. However, it's by far the highlight of the entire holiday special and interesting. you get introduced to a character named Boba Fett. And yeah, because because I thought intro. because it's interesting, but right because it's like we see this Boba Fett character in this movie and, and I, it's been a while since I've seen the uh, holiday special. So I completely forgot that Boba Fett was in the holiday special. And it's interesting. Yeah. Because, um, because he's kind of just introduced and like, nobody even mentions like why he's there or what he's doing. So it's kind of weird that like him just being there. Right. Like I, I thought it, I thought that this was his first time because like, I, I hadn't seen him in anything else, but yeah, that's very interesting. It sounds like there's a little bit more backstory that's in the holiday special that you, you that I guess you are presumed to have known about it. I guess no, not really, not really. There's nothing drawn from like the the holiday special. Like if you saw it, you saw it. Um, if mm. not, like most people, uh, it's no big deal. The Boba Fett character was meant to be enigmatic, like you know, the man of mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not supposed to know much about him. He, you know, he's just supposed to be this like, you know, mysterious gunfighter enters the scene, mm-hmm. you know, and he's got a badass costume and cool looking guns and, and uh, he's very menacing. You know, that's what he's supposed to be. You're not supposed to like really think of yeah. him as like a, and and it's you know, interesting now that he has like his own Disney Plus series, um, Book of Boba Fett. Um, did you have you seen that? And yeah. did you like it? Of course, I've seen probably everything Star Wars that's ever existed. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yes, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of people did not, and I understand uh, why they didn't. It's not one of the better Star Wars um, pieces of media that have come out, um, but I still liked it very much. Okay. Uh, Boba Fett has been one of my favorite characters like in my entire well, I mean, almost literally my entire life. Um I was going to say my entire like history of fandom for Star Wars, uh Boba Fett has been one of if not th- my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um interesting. And so the, like are are there is there like backstory into Boba Fett in that movie series or, or TV series or is it just like more oh, just yeah, about Boba sure. Fett's adventures. No, there's definitely some. You delve into some. Okay. So you you already know his origin from Star Wars Episode Two. Once you get to to that, you already know where Got he it. comes from. You know his origin. Um, you see uh, some progress of his character in the animated series, um, but you don't, like he just kind of makes the appearance. He's only in like a two or three episodes or whatever of, oh, of the animated shows. Um, but, but like as like a, like a teenager basically. So he's like a okay. child, but then um, his, like you kind of see, so not to spoil return of the Jedi, uh, but there's something happens to the Boba Fett character in return of the Jedi. Okay. Uh, that you just, you, you don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what happened to him. 
And then in the Mandalorian TV show, Boba Fett like reemerges. Like you're like, holy shit, here's Boba Fett. And then the Boba Fett series takes place after that, but it's like half of the show is flashbacks. And and the Mandalorian is like the Mandalorian is connected to Boba Fett, right? Is that right? Yeah, I mean Boba Fett's in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, like they're like, you know, whatever you want to call them, like coworkers or acquaintances or whatever you want to call them. Um, they but... become that. They become that. So oh, Mandalorian okay. is a culture. Mandalorian is a culture. Okay. So Boba Fett is of the Mandalorian culture, and the oh. main character in the Mandalorian show is of the Mandalorian culture. Oh, got it. So, okay. Yeah. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. Um, so I want to begin by talking about this movie by talking about the ending first and because okay. it's an interesting ending, right? Because it's very different from a new hopes ending in a new hope. We have a very happy ending with a medal ceremony, thanking Luke Skywalker and their crew for their heroic efforts. Um, and you know, it's like a lovey dovey at the end. Everyone's happy. Everyone lives happily ever after the end. This movie's ending, though, was absolutely, I think, written with a third movie in mind. And in fact, I have to imagine they were probably working on the third movie while the second movie was in production. I would have to imagine because there's a lot of loose ends that are not that that are not tied at the end of this movie. And so I think it's it was very interesting to see that this time around. Because um, A New Hope had like such a, you know, very like a, a wrap it up with a pretty bow type of ending, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So when George Lucas made Star Wars, he, I think he had a rough idea for like, uh, you know, multi-part story, like a like beginning of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had no way of knowing if he was ever going to be able to make a second movie. So he tried to pours whole heart and soul into the first one um you know with the hopes that something could come of it and if it was the only one well then you needed to have a a happy ending a conclusion right 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 uh so that's what he did and then by the time he got the green light to make empire strikes back he already knew that he was going to be able to make us a third one right so he, he had two movies coming so he like in in uh you know, serialized fashion, the second act, you know, cause it's, it's three movies, a trilogy, right? So the second act of a play, which are usually three part plays, right? Act mm-hmm, one, act two, mm-hmm. act three, act two is where the bad thing always happens, right? right act one is right. set up. Act two is, is the, the conflict, the bad thing happens. And then act three is the, the resolution of that problem. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And I so just, I just want to be two clear. has to end. Yeah. I was just just let me finish real oh, quick. Yeah, ahead, uh, act yeah. two has to conclude with, oh no, everything's bad. How are heroes going to get out of this? And that's exactly what, yeah, Empire, how Empire Strikes Back ends. Yeah, and by no means, I just want to make it clear. I'm not saying that the ending was bad, but but to, uh, far from it actually. But I just think that it was interesting right, right. that it was a different ending this time around. And um and yeah, yeah. no, like you yeah. said, like yeah, it. it and it's not like it's a bad ending by any means. It's just that, you know, there's a lot of things that you, you leave that movie. Once the credits are coming up, you're like, hmm, but what about this? Uh, but what about that, too? Oh, man, this is not really great either where this is left. 
you know? And so you, I think at that point you're like, okay, well this, there's gotta be a part two to this, right? Like you have to assume that at that point. Right. And I think it was confirmed at that point that there was a part two, even if we didn't know like what the movie was going to be called yet. But, um, but yeah, no, it's a nice little cliffhanger to, to leave, to leave us out on, um, Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and yeah, we'll find out what happens in episode six, but, um, but, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, one of the things that, uh, that, that was not, uh, the, that was not addressed at the very end was where princess Leia and Luke Skywalker's relationship stands, because I, can, can I say I have some personal problems and, and I, and if you can disagree with me on this, I, I don't care. That's, that's completely fine if you disagree with me. But I just, I cannot stand the Han Solo character. I cannot stand him because he, he, in this movie, he continues to be the fucking jerk of this story. Who's just like bossing everyone around and like, you know, being like a complete smart aleck. Right. And presumably, by the way, just kind of forces himself onto Princess Leia. And then all of a sudden she likes Han Solo um, after that. It's like, where did this come from? And it's like, it like pissed me off so much because it's like, you know, it's like the jerk got his way. And I just, something about that just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. Like, what do you think? I, I understand your perspective on that. Uh, in the eighties, oh, even seventies, late seventies, early eighties. Sure. Han Solo was the dashing rogue. He's the guy everybody wanted to be like. Okay. Uh, he he ex- so you might say like these days or maybe this maybe this phrase is over now. Um but uh you might say he has big dick energy. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he is just he's full of swagger. He's confident. He knows he's the you know the best guy out there. He's the best pilot. He's the best shot. He's you know, he's just a badass sexy motherfucker and he's played by Harrison fucking Ford. Right. <laughs> you know, like that's just the energy that he just is coming out with. And I never really saw him as like an asshole. I saw him as kind of like a bad boy. Okay. You know, like Luke was a good boy and Han is a bad boy, but they're both good guys. You know what I mean? Right. They're both good guys. They, they do the right thing in the end. It's just Han's a little bit of a troublemaker. He's kind of shady, mm-hmm. you know. Where Luke is always the Luke is probably an A student and like did all his chores. Actually, we know that's not true because we see him as a whiny brat in uh, in Star Wars, uh, <laughs> not wanting to do his chores. But uh, but he he kind of c- comes off as like you know the just super pure good guy, right? Like in D and D terms, he'd be a white robe. He'd be a white robe r- wizard. Okay. Yeah, which is ironic because he eventually starts wearing black robes. But anyway, that's a <laughs> well, whole other, I mean, whole other yeah. tangent. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, but I, I mean, so, yeah. okay. So fair enough. But also, like, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I draw a lot of uh, parallels in my own life. And I had fucking jerks who were like this to me. And so and maybe, and I think that's why I didn't like the character as much. And and like yeah. I said, and like I said, you are more than welcome to disagree with me on this, but I I don't care. Like I just I cannot stand the guy. I'm sorry, I cannot. 
But yeah, well, hopefully he hopefully wins you over in the next movie. I kind of hope so because 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 if <laughs> I could I could tell you this if it continues to if if Han Solo continues well actually see here's the thing we don't even know because he's fucking frozen in carbonite right now where we last left him so we have no idea what's going to happen to Han Solo right now so you have right. that yeah. you have that looming over everything. And you've also got the fact that, you know, him and Princess Leia have kind of a thing now, I guess. Um, you know, never mind the fact that, um, and I don't think we know this until later, but never mind the fact that Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia are technically siblings, so you have casual incest going on right <laughs> now, right? So <laughs> never mind that. That's, yes. that's what's going on, right? So, yeah, this this love triangle between these three is really disturbing and i don't know if i like it but (laughs) so yeah yeah so the incest thing just to clear that up um Mm -hmm. they were not written as brother and sister george lucas himself did not know that they were brother and sister until he just decided it while writing the episode six script yeah Um, so yeah there's so there's there's some some hand wavy retconny type stuff to explain like just yeah, just don't worry, Dad, don't worry about it. Also, also see, don't worry about it. Also, three C three PO. We were saying this during the watch party, but C three PO is the biggest cock block in history because yes. every time Han Solo and Leia had an intimate moment, he was always there to interrupt it every time. Yes. <laughs> yep. I was even. I didn't know the term cock block, but I. I recognized a cock block when i saw one and and, and i was a kid did. Yeah. knowing that he was a cock block <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely um and uh and there are two characters that we are introduced to in this movie that i think are the kind of the most important and we mentioned both of them earlier um of course we talked about um emperor palpatine which i don't believe we saw in episode four if i'm not mistaken um that's right. And Emperor Palpatine is and, an interesting character. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, we, we don't even know his name is Palpatine. Um, I, I think yeah. oh, the name Emperor Palpatine was was in maybe in the novelization of oh, the movie. But the like the movies themselves, you never, ever, ever hear the name Palpatine until the prequels. Yeah. Interesting. Because well, and, and that's the weird part, too, is that he only shows up in that one scene and the only thing we really know about him at this point is that he is the one that actually seems to be like the actual ruler of the Sith because Darth Vader, Darth Vader does not bow to anyone else. But when it comes to him, Darth Vader is like, oh, yes, please. You know, like, yeah, well, well, here's here's another thing too. the word Sith wasn't a thing. That's true. Um, yeah, there I, was some there was some advertising materials that had come out that referred to Darth Vader as the Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah, but there was no explanation. There was no explanation for what it was. There was no. There wasn't even novels. There wasn't. There wasn't fuck all that used the word Sith. In fact, George Lucas, when uh, like when you know he would license to you know either Ballantine Books or Marvel Comics or whoever was going to make Star Wars stories. Uh, he had like a list of forbidden subject matter and Sith was one of them. Interesting. He did not allow any author to expound upon it. Um, hmm. You know, and he eventually, you know, for the prequels, we, we know what. The Sith well, and it's interesting too, um, because yeah, well, well, cause I, and I'm glad you mentioned that too, because, um, cause yeah, even when I put Sith down in the doc, I was like, that, something about this just doesn't seem right. 
you know? Yeah. But, but also, yeah. like, I'm not really even sure what else to call them. I guess, like, the the Imperials, I guess? Well, I don't so, know. Well, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, the bad guys are the Empire, right? It's the, the, the evil government. It's the Empire, right? Right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. This guy, this guy is the Emperor. So, yeah. well, yeah. Well, and, who, but, who leads, who rules an empire? The emperor. So, yeah, he's yeah. the boss. Because, he's yeah, because you would, because you would think that Darth Vader is the boss from watching episode four, right? But in, but in actuality, Emperor, Emperor Palpatine is the one who really is in charge of everything. Darth Vader, I guess, is just the yeah. guy who's like, you know, the vessel to make everything happen for Emperor Palpatine, I guess is what, a good way to say it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like his chief lieutenant. Yeah. yeah yeah pretty much yeah and uh well and, and that's the thing because if you don't bow or like you don't accept like darth vader's orders or whatever vader is very trigger happy with his choking and he could choke anyone at any time remotely even by the way um <laughs> because we saw that yep. when he was video conferencing his um generals right there <laughs> and yeah. you know it's like yep. you disappoint him choked you try and apologize for a bad move choked so it was choke you over skype (laughs) yeah and it was very weird to see like but it it was very weird to see vader in sort of like the you know submissive like i will bow to you sort of moment with emperor palpatine because you don't expect Mm -hmm. that from vader at all especially if you've watched the first movie right yeah yep for sure yeah sure and so it's just, it's yeah. just story building, world building. Yeah. Like, wow. Like Vader is this, you know, all powerful evil. Well, maybe not. You know. Yeah. Maybe just not. Like the world's bigger now because now there's an even more powerful evil. Yeah. Well, and and also too the fact that they compound on you know they're on Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader's history in this one too, right? And it's like the fact that Darth Vader really wants to bring Luke to the dark side. And obviously he wants to because that's his that's his brother um, that's his son. Right. So who wouldn't mm-hmm. want to bring like their son to their, you know, bring them over to the Empire and all that stuff. Right. So. So, sure. yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to um, limit I, I, I don't want to put this movie in a box, but I but I'm just going to say it. This movie is basically a Luke Skywalker training session like for all intents and purposes right uh, yeah a good yeah the, the whole middle section yeah is is the yeah. training yeah because yeah. you have the exact same a long time ago in a galaxy far far away um text that is put on the screen um and as soon as i uh, well and also you got the text crawl effect from the last movie that's in this movie yeah. again and i'm like hey i recognize that <laughs> and um and correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't seen any of the new Star Wars movies, but I assume that that's the same opening for all of them, right? Like, at least in the Skywalker. Uh, the and, uh, yeah. yeah, at least in the Skywalker that's, that's series. Right. Yeah, yeah. And right. um, yeah. If it's, got an ep- if it's got an episode number, it's got the crawl. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like the, the opening sort of the signature of it being a Star Wars. Like, you know it's a Star Wars movie when you see that. So, mm-hmm. um. And and the thing is, like we're at the very beginning, we don't exactly know what instigated the rebels and Sif's battle, but what we do know is that the rebels are hiding from um, the Empire um, on a remote snow-covered planet, and a probe that we later learn is an Empire probe has figured out exactly where the rebels are. And it, is there another like sort of story that sort of 
goes over like why they came into battle in the first place again because 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 we're joining the story at the very beginning like seemingly right in the middle of a conflict that they're having with the empire yeah so the empire took over the government so it used to be a republic mm-hmm. and it, democratic right you know you had a senate you know um you know elections and supposedly you know just and fair and so on and so forth Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the government got corrupted and so on and so forth, and it became an empire uh, ruled by the emperor, right? And it was it was evil, it was oppressive. Uh, basically, think of like Hitler's regime, and sure. that's basically Palpatine's empire. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, but I'm talking specifically that. I, yeah, well, but I'm so talking then, more specifically well, about this, though. Yeah. Well, no, 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 exactly. So that's that's the setup. That's what happened, right? Right, right. And then the rebel, the rebel alliance is the insurgency right so the the masses don't like this new government um and some some of the citizens uh, were willing to put their lives on the line to fight it right so they became the rebel alliance or the rebellion and they they amassed their own military and so on and so forth so their their number one goal is to overthrow the empire to go back to being a republic Mm-hmm. You know, fair and just for all, and so on and so forth. Right, right. Uh, and that's that's the whole that's the whole reason for their conflict for the for the battle. Yeah, fair enough. But 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 I'm talking about too, like at the very beginning, right? Like at the very very beginning, it's it, right. on the text crawl. It says, "Oh, they're now engaged in a battle." Because remember, where we last left them off, they had just gotten into the ceremony. It was a happy ending all of that right oh right yeah yeah it was a major victory right but the empire was not defeated by any right means. It right was the, and then uh, but the and, rebels and, were able to destroy yeah. a, a major weapon yeah and this is now the rebels are on the run so they they, right, they right. won that big victory and then they hauled ass like they got the hell out of there because the empire is now looking for them yeah they're after and them yeah they want to yeah they want to just wipe them out completely because they didn't take them seriously at first. They're like, ah, you know, it's just, you know, the small band of rebels that, you know, they could be annoying, but they're not a threat. But then they destroyed their biggest weapon and they're like, okay, we got to get rid of them. So they were basically looking to exterminate them completely. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what leads to the, so the empire is on this exhaustive search for this right. rebel set. And which and leads them when they, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which leads them to the snowy planet, right? And Luke and R2-D2 get separated, um, and they crash land into a remote island where basically they meet Yoda, you know, (laughs) as we all know, Yoda, the adorable small green fella uh, that trained Mm Obi-Wan Kenobi, of course, and will now train uh, Luke Skywalker. And so Luke, of course, is learning about the Force. He destroys himself for some reason in 15 fps which was a little jarring to me i get why because it was an artistic choice but it was a little jarring to me that all of a sudden like we're watching luke in 15 fps which was weird um (laughs) this is a weird thing that you you bring this up a lot and i hear like uh brian brushwood talk about the or is it brian somebody somebody i don't know talks about uh, frame rates and oh yeah Mm -hmm. dude i've i've got no uh conscious awareness of frame rate yeah absolutely zero I, and like I, when you yeah. bring up 15 frames per second i'm like cool story bro <laughs> never noticed it probably never ever fucking will i think it i think Unless it does go, actually i think it does depend on the person i think there is like if you show me yeah 
yeah, because like there's no perception with me. Now, if you showed me the exact same clip, just one of them was like, you know, 15 frames per second. And the other one is, you know, whatever, 30 frames per yeah, second. 30, yeah. You show me them like a, like a five second clip, exactly the same, right? Except one is like you cut the frames in half. Um, yeah, I, I'm guessing anyway, I'm guessing that I would be able to tell the difference. But in real time, Ain't no fucking way that I'm gonna yeah. even notice that there's a difference. I, yeah, Not well, and, and I've talked to uh, I, I've talked to a friend of the show, uh, Brian Colford, about this, and he's sort of the same mm. way. He can't tell, like, like in, in fact, when it comes to gaming, sometimes you'll they'll be like, "Oh, you got to get a 144 hertz monitor, got to get all the frames or whatever." And he and he's told me he's like he literally cannot tell past 60 fps. And so, yeah, yeah I think yeah. it does depend on the person. And I, and maybe I'm just yeah. more, um, what's the word? Um, like attuned, like attuned yeah, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I notice it more than other people maybe. I yeah. Guess. And I'm wondering, I'm, and I'm wondering what that is though, because I don't think it's, it's about like vision because I've got perfect vision or, or at least yeah, near no, perfect, it's definitely I've not never vision. It, had a vision problem. So yeah, yeah some sort of like a perceivable I don't yeah, know, like a death perception else. sort of thing. I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. E- email at cinema. I don't think it's in the optical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah email, email at cinemavention.com. If you're a, uh, if you're an expert in this and can tell us because, uh, cause yeah, we, this is out of our wheelhouse here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, but we mentioned it earlier. So Luke is, you know, do- going through his training but, and, and it's weird. Cause he, it seems to, to me, that he let Luke is very much the type of person he's like, no, I don't need the training. I already know. I already know a lot of things. Like he, he's, he seems more like a, uh, like a person, like a, like he seems like he's a know-it-all that thinks he knows everything when in reality, maybe he doesn't. And, um, yeah. but I, and, and, and I think the training is more in, for, for Yoda and Obi-Wan. It's more for me, it seemed like it was more for them to make sure that he doesn't want to go to like to dark to the dark side. Like he's not tempted to go to the dark side. And essentially, the way I saw the training, and and I and I'm and I could be wrong on this, but the way I saw the training, it was more of a reinforcement in his thought process um, to not want to go to the dark side, right? Because even when he goes to save um, um, Leia, Han Solo, and C three PO. They warn Luke that he's not fully ready yet, but he goes regardless. And they're worried that, you know, this is when Darth Vader is going to trap him because, you know, he's going after them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit of that. Um, I, Yoda and Obi-Wan definitely had concerns and rightfully so. Sure. Um, Jedi typically train from the time they're very small children, like like toddlers, up until they're like well into their 20s mm-hmm. luke got a basic training course that lasted a few weeks probably so yeah I, not only were their concerns valid i think they did kind of want to you know see like okay is this guy is this guy pure of heart or is he is he gonna be a problem uh, but also like yoda definitely wanted to give him basic training because he didn't know like he barely knew how to do anything with the force. Right. Uh, let alone like have like masterful control on it. Because like you see in the beginning of the movie when he's trying to get his lightsaber out of the snow, right? In the Wampa cave. 
Yeah, right. It takes him it takes him a long time to even be able to achieve that. That's true. And that yeah. is like one of the most basic ass Jedi moves. You know, that that you need to be able to do that like on a whim. Right. Instantly. Mm-hmm. You know? And so um, you know, he he's very strong naturally with the force, but he doesn't have the the know how per se. It's like having natural athletic ability. Right, you still need a coach to teach you right. the basic skills of of basketball or football or whatever. True, you can't true. just be like the world's greatest athlete and show up on the basketball court court and just be a great basketball player. You still need the training. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah, and, no, um, and I would say that's the same thing yeah. here for sure. Yeah, and and yeah. I mean, but also to me, it's like yeah, and and absolutely, yeah. Not to say that he doesn't learn stuff in his training, of course. But it seems like that seems to be the goal is they're also they're trying to like reinforce that in his brain. Like, don't go yeah. to the dark side. Yeah. This is not where you want to be, you know. And so that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. sort of how I saw that. I think so. that was. Yeah, definitely. I think that was absolutely one of the aspects of the training. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the subject of Han, Leia and C-3PO and their adventures. I love <laughs> that was a great scene where they don't realize that they're quite literally inside this creature. I don't even remember what the creature was. But uh, but it's not until they step outside and then they and, and it's mm. like, oh, this ground is really mushy. And then they <laughs> have this realization. They realize, oh, shit, <laughs> and just like fly the fuck out of his mouth, basically. Yeah, <laughs> that was a yeah, great a space scene. worm. Yeah, space worm. I guess that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Space slug. Space slug is what most people refer yeah, to. It as, yeah. Yeah. And one, slugs, yeah, and once again, I have more gripes about Han Solo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have more gripes about him. So um, <laughs> okay. I, I will say I was kind of secretly happy that he got frozen in the carbonite. Not going to lie. Like when I saw him frozen in yeah. the carbonite, I was like, I'm like, yeah, good. Justice for being a prick. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but what's yeah. interesting about Han Solo is that, like I mentioned, he ends up being frozen at the end of this movie. As far as we know, at the end of the movie, he's still frozen by the end of this movie, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the other thing that we'll never know is what the hell C-3PO was trying to advise that they do on the ship because he constantly gets interrupted by Han basically saying, no, we don't need you. You were basically calling him almost a bucket of bolts, essentially, you know, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> at the whole time, I like every time I was like, Han, just shut up for one damn second and let C-3PO uh, like, because because we still don't know what the warning was that C three PO was trying to give. We still don't know. Yeah, well, I think it was. I think it was about the hyperdrive being broken. Yeah, I guess uh, that's and, what it was. And, yeah, yeah, it was probably something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, like everybody's kind of like you know not particularly loving towards C three PO, but Han Solo especially, and especially in this movie. Yes. Han Solo is very aggro to, to 3PO. Absolutely. Um, yes. There's there's a whole list of names that he calls him and threats that he makes to him. And yeah. I, yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't even know if he calls them bucket of bolts, but to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. <laughs> um but it but it's interesting too because we are um we are also uh we also learn about um you know Han's uh one of Han's associates that he hangs out with and he and turns out he doesn't really deal well with most honest people either shocker right (laughs) (laughs) right because we meet his buddy lando right and 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 he is responsible for leading them perfectly to darth vader's trap 
where he where Darth Vader basically uses them as like a a pawn bargaining chip bait whatever you want to call it to basically get Luke Skywalker to come and rescue them and it's like yeah it's like how did you not see this coming like Han Solo is already not you know very trustworthy and you're riding along with one of his associates you like yeah I don't know I just I could have I felt like I could have seen this coming from a mile away honestly you know oh absolutely yeah yeah Lando is shady as hell too he he's very similar to Han Solo in most ways you know he's got the sex appeal the um the shady business dealings yeah the you know all the whole you know the whole thing just you know smooth talker somebody that you that you know someone like you or me in real life aren't going to like them on first on first take yeah Mm -hmm. um probably good with the ladies which is another like well damn it you know so there's a little bit of jealousy there like yeah why why does he get to why does he get to be an asshole and good with the ladies yeah (laughs) true true well i i want to mention this too by the way because it was mentioned during a watch party and i forget exactly what the line of dialogue is but i remember that there was like a little bit of backstory on Lando's life. And there's like a couple lines of dialogue that basically turned it in that they basically used to turn into an entire series. Um, and I forget what, what, what it was in the watch party, but uh, do you know what I'm talking about? So probably the, the, well, one of the things is the fact that Lando used to own the millennium Falcon and that Han mm. Solo won it from him in a game of chance. Right. Um, that's that's the one that jumps out to me okay um but yeah there's a yeah there's a whole there's a whole thread in a future movie uh, about how han solo got the ship from lando yeah and yeah and a bunch of lando like where he comes from and everything yeah Um, a little bit yeah we don't we still don't know like the entire backstory of lando but yeah 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 All right. So before we give our final ratings of this movie, I have a couple of questions that I want answered before we uh, before we wrap this up. (laughs) Two of them involve C-3PO. He's claiming that his circuits freeze up. Really? What? They do? Huh? (laughs) Because in theory, I would think, you know, because computers could run at that temperature more like more than well at that temperature that they're at. Right. And I would assume he has some sort of warmer built in too. So like, I'm, I'm very confused as to why his circuits allegedly freeze up, <laughs> you know, like, I don't well, know. Well, well, one thing to know about C-3PO is he's a complainer. He's going to bitch True. no matter what. Yeah. He, it was hot as hell. It was hot as hell as, uh, on Tatooine in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And he's bitching about that. It's cold as hell on Hoth in the second movie. And he's bitching about that. <laughs> uh, I think that's just part of his programming. He's just, a. Uh, He's just a sassy bitch. Yeah. Um, so that's, so that's part of it. Um, also the tech that they're using isn't the same as our tech. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. First of all, it's a long, it's a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. So who knows what circuits were like a long time ago <laughs> in the galaxy yeah. far, far away. Well, so, but yeah. this one made, who knows? but this one logically made no sense to me. C-3PO's mouth gets covered by Han Solo towards the beginning of the movie. Presumably he could still talk at his mouth, like his mouth getting covered does absolutely nothing presumably because it's an electronic no, think about voice it as a, anyway, right? Think think about it as your your speaker on your cell phone, like your your, you know, 
where how you hear right right if you cover if you put your finger over that it's going to muffle if not completely silence it right mm, okay i know it does i know for sure <laughs> okay so that's, all right. that's the same logic anyway now like uh, again it's different technology like could we get into the the tech of how we would build robots here on earth in the 21st century and how that would work. Sure. It's going to be different. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Also is funny. And that's all that matters. <laughs> well, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Also, uh, also the fact that, uh, um, apparently there's no eject buttons on those ships that, uh, Luke Skywalker was fighting the Imperial robots in because um because <laughs> the it, they were in the same uh, you, you know what luke skywalker being in that uh spaceship it reminded me a lot of um will smith in um oh what movie is it independence day it reminded that scene reminded me a lot of the scene of will smith fighting off all those aliens in independence day so that's what, and, um yeah what scene are you, are you talking about on are you talking about on hoth Talking about the snow speeder? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and they're in the like the little ship thing, and then it's like, and then his controls get like blasted, like it, like it basically gets electrocuted or whatever, mm. and then he, and then he just crashes in there. It's like I, right. I, I almost expected there to be an eject button where he could just eject out or something, but evidently that's mm-hmm. not the case. <laughs> no, not on these things. These were old, old pieces of junk that were like refurbished. Yeah, basically. Well, yeah. and um, and speaking of the Imperial robots, um, this isn't really m- a question, but more so of an observation. But did anyone else see a resemblance of the Imperial robots to those Boston Dynamics robots? Because I'm telling you what, I Are definitely you, saw the re- resemblance. <laughs> you're talking about the the giant walkers, yes, in the in the, space, in the snow battle, right? Yes. Okay. Well, those much- aren't robots. Those aren't robots. Those are vehicles. Okay, but but well, but yeah. also the the Boston Dynamics robots are also technically sort of vehicles too. Mm. Are they? I mean, they, yeah, they can move I mean, around are, and stuff. Are, like, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, like, there's there's it's like a car is a vehicle, right? Because there's a person in there driving it. Sure. These these walkers are also like they they have a driver inside of it driving it, and there's people inside uh, of it. Well, we didn't see them if there were. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, go back and watch it. You definitely see them. You absolutely hundred percent right. see see the people driving it and the people uh, firing the weapons and all that sort of stuff. Okay, fair enough. Well, anyway, I yeah. I, but anyway, I, I do agree with you. They do look like the Boston Dynamics robots. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Star Wars predicted Boston Dynamics robots over 35 years before <laughs> we started seeing them. <laughs> I think. I think more more than a prediction. I think what it is is that. All the kids, like the 70s and 80s kids that mm-hmm. grew up watching Star Wars, were inspired to go on and do artistic things mm-hmm. and technical things and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So they they draw upon what they know. And like all these nerdy kids know Star Wars. So it drives a lot of the, you know, the art and design and so forth. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my take on it anyway. Okay, yeah, fair enough. All right. Kent, I think I can probably guess what your rating is going to be for this movie. <laughs> uh, uh, it's definitely going to be a thumbs down, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, sure, sure. And, and if this was if this was opposite day, uh, because yeah, this is like a, the one of the biggest thumbs up I could ever possibly give. This is 
absolutely 100% thumbs up. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. So I am going to give this a thumbs up as well with an asterisk. Okay. There is okay, an asterisk. Yeah, I figured there was an asterisk coming. There is an thank asterisk God you, to you that gave it a thumbs up. up. Okay. <laughs> I think our friendship might have been <laughs> over. <laughs> so I did enjoy this movie, right? Like I I I thought this was there was a lot of good action. I thought it was a very good story from beginning to end. However, lots of folks enjoy this movie a lot and say that it's their favorite Star Wars movie of all time. However, I did not like it nearly as much as I enjoyed A New Hope. I personally, in my opinion, A New Hope was a better movie for me personally. And that's just that's just my personal opinion, right? Not to say that um, Empire Strikes Back was was a bad movie because it absolutely was not. But I but I'm realizing, too, that I think with me knowing the big twist at the end of the movie probably didn't does isn't going to really help my rating that much honestly and i think for i think me, i know oh go ahead no no i, I want to hear this i want to hear this oh I was, I was just so i think i know why the masses opt into this movie as as their favorite versus um you know your and the and then again why your opinion is that the first one is better than this one okay um and and also to caveat like there's not a big difference between like yes the masses will say like mass star Wars fandom or whatever would say the empire is their favorite, mm-hmm. um, but almost universally their second favorite. And by a small margin is um, new hope is, is a new hope. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of love. There's not, um, you know, oh, fuck that movie, you know, like, like there was for episode one, right. Because you know, fuck right. Jar Jar or whatever. Sure. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no hatred for episode four. Um, but I, I think the reason that episode five Empire Strikes Back is regarded as the superior movie is because it's a, it's a more complex storyline. Okay. Um, a new hope like kind of sets the, you know, sets the scene, right? It, it describes to you that these characters and this universe and so forth and how, how it works. And then you were able to take that setup and then do something more complex with it. in Empire Strikes Back. Um, there's hmm. a lot, a lot more range of emotion and, uh, ups and downs, you know, peaks and valleys kind of yeah. thing. And of course, like we said, it's an act two, right. Where it, it does end on a downer. Um, hmm. so there's, it's a more complex story and it, and it evokes more that, thought and yeah, well, how would I feel in this situation and so forth where the yeah. first movie, it's a straight up adventure. Like it right. is just a ride and it's got a happy ending and it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's feel good. It's a yeah. feel good movie. You yeah. know? And, it, and, and it's, it's interesting. It's more like that, candy. It's more yeah. Like candy. And it's interesting yeah. that you say that empire strikes back is a more, you know, complex sort of um, story. And because I didn't feel that way about empire strikes back, which is weird because, and I, and it, and, and we talked mm-hmm. about this on the last star Wars episode, maybe uh, the fact that it's been in yeah. pop culture a lot has a lot to do with that. Certainly. Well, and, and here's the thing complex does not necessarily mean complicated i see so okay. don't think they're synonymous right so i know that sometimes with movies um they tend to lose you if they get too complicated right because yes. you'll start getting lost in the details like you hunt for red october or, right you know, exactly different yes, movies. yes. Mm-hmm. um yeah if they overcomplicate the story then it's not as interesting interesting to you because you're you're 
too busy focused on trying to even understand what's happening versus enjoying the story. Exactly. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back is simple in the in the sense that it's it's straightforward storytelling. Got it just it. has yeah. more components, more components added in. Yeah. So like like think of it as like a a stew or something like that where it, um it it's a really good stew. Episode 4 and episode 5 are really good stews, right? Episode 4 has five ingredients and uh episode 5 has 10 ingredients or eight okay. or something like that. I don't right. know. I don't know how to make the analogy work exactly. Well, yeah, sure. It's no, just but more I, components, I get what you're meaning saying, it's more though. complex. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, and 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 it's I don't know. Like, yeah, it's very interesting cuz Cause yeah, when I, cause I, I'd heard all the hype about Empire Strikes Back. And so, yeah, I was expecting mm. to love the story a little bit more. And I just, and I just didn't really. I mean, again, not to say that it was a bad mm. story. I just didn't like it as much as New Hope, which I, which was, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. And yeah, well, and I he, get that, that, that you give a New Hope a, a, a 10 out of 10 and a, uh, nine point nine to Empire Strikes Back. That makes perfect sense to me. I understand that completely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd probably get it closer to a nine, realistically. But sure, no. <laughs> no but you know what it is, though. I, you know what it is. You know what it is. I think the Luke Skywalker training sessions. I think, like, I get why it's there. Like, I totally understand why it's there. Yeah. I think that training session for me took it like that took me out of the movie just a tiny bit for me personally. I think. Oh, you need to you need to watch Rocky Four. Oh, interesting. Okay, training (laughs) training montages. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Because because overall, well, I mean, I don't know. Well, anyway, I I know a little bit about Rocky Four to know that like it it, at least it's got like good music and stuff and everything. Whereas with this, it's just like. (laughs) I don't know. Like, yeah, for me, I just that I think that was the the single weakest point in the movie for me personally. Sure. It's definitely the slowest. It's definitely the absolutely. slowest. Absolutely. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, but like I said, overall thumbs up, absolutely. And 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 it was a great movie, great story, absolutely. But yeah, I personally would put New Hope just slightly higher on my on my list, but that's just me. That's just me. Yeah, sure. No, I I respect that. Yeah. So, uh, Kent, this was such a great conversation, man. Uh, thanks for coming back once again for another Star Wars movie. I'm sure we'll have you back on for episode six when we get to that one. Uh, you better. You better. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, but uh, if, if I know you have, are not active on social media these days, but, uh, but if you want to mention uh, you know, where people can find you uh, online. Um, yeah. Uh, Deep. Well, I, I want to direct people to dcstreamathon.org. Mm-hmm. We're recording this in May. The Streamathon is a New Year's Eve event. We're over half a year away. I, I sure. can't believe that, by the way. <laughs> if, I know. If you don't already have the site bookmarked, that's what I'm asking you to do. Mm-hmm. Go to the website and bookmark it so that come mid-December, late December, when we're gearing up, the, you know, the final stages of the New Year's Eve streamathon is this wonderful, huge event. Uh, you're not going to have to like, Oh God, what do they say? Where is it? At? Go ahead and bookmark it now. DCStreamathon.org. That's the only thing I'm promoting these days. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And it's a, a fun event every year. And, uh, and, and if only, if only the viewers and listeners knew uh, how, how much, 
planning and prep has to go into this if only they knew like it's probably better they don't it's probably better they don't yeah honestly (laughs) that's a fair that's a fair statement man it's like it's like watching a movie you know and you and you stay for the credits and you Mm -hmm. try to read every name that scrolls by that's true too yeah every Mm -hmm. job that they performed it's it kind of boggles the mind and it's like you know what i don't even want to think about that i just want to enjoy (laughs) the two-hour movie um yeah streamathon is kind of like that except you get 27 hours and not just two <laughs> yep pretty much yeah <laughs> so yeah man check it out dcstreamathon.org bookmark that page you're gonna want you're gonna want to of course i do a watch party for each of the movies that i review on this show if you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners you can join the conversation in our discord over at discord.cinemavention.com but if you don't uh if you if you can't make it to the watch parties live we make them available afterwards exclusively to the patrons who support this show over at patreon.com slash is one. Thank you so much to everybody who continues to support this show. I really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, don't forget that I'm live twice a week playing games with the community on my Twitch over at twitch.tv slash is one. Send in your thoughts. You can send them into the Discord, or if you want to go the old school way of electronic mail, you can do that over at email at cinemavention.com. That is the email address to send any feedback to. And check out the website to see all the previous movies we've covered on this show, cinemavention.com. Um, thank you to Kevin McLeod for providing the music for this show. He's over at incompetech.com. Next week, we are going to continue my Marvel journey of movies. We've we've covered a lot of Marvel movies, but we're gearing up for the new Guardians film. So we got lots of uh, um, MCU movies to cover in between then. And we're going to begin that uh, Marvel journey by discussing the movie Captain America Winter Soldier. I can't wait to talk about this movie. And this is going to be a great, uh, great little uh, Marvel uh, um uh, cinematic sort of uh, month of movies that we're going to talk about them and uh, yeah it's it's all gearing up for Guardians 3 coming out so I can't wait to talk about this movie and I hope you will be there for that episode until then we'll see you next time Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program <laughs>